0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast where we look at the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host Matt Hotchberg and this is episode number 460. Have you ever thought about doing an Alaska land tour? This is an option where you can take a cruise and then do an optional add-on land tour that takes you inside to Alaska to see all the interior attractions there. Sounds really cool and this week we've got a first-hand review of a Royal Caribbean land tour. Here we go. If you think an Alaska cruise is an amazing vacation, how about an Alaska cruise that also combines a land component to see the things that you could never see while on board a ship? Sounds like an amazing way to see Alaska, and it is. Spoiler. But on today's episode, we're going to be talking with someone who actually tried this out. And I'm extremely jealous of this person. Of course, uh, she's no stranger to this podcast. It's actually her fourth appearance on here. Rebecca Winterberger, welcome back to the Royal Grimming Blog Podcast.
1: Thanks, Mac. Good to, good to talk and good to talk about Alaska.
0: Absolutely. You know, I've uh, made it no secret that I really, really, really love visiting Alaska. You know, we obviously were just there and, uh, I, and I would go back in a heartbeat to Alaska. I mean, I really loved it. It's absolutely stunning and beautiful. And as much as I love taking cruises to Alaska there, uh, you know, and seeing these sites, there is a whole nother part of Alaska that you're missing out on. If you're not on a, if you're not on a cruise ship and Royal Caribbean actually offer these land tours. And um, for, our, for our audience who are unfamiliar with this option, the land tours are an add-on component that you can optionally do. So you book a Royal Caribbean cruise, in this case, Radiance of the Seas, and you opt you have the option of adding on a, before or after the cruise, a tour that takes you more inland. Uh, the Probably the biggest site most people usually harp on is Denali, uh, but there's a number of other things you see there. It's a curated tour. So it's on land. You're not on the cruise ship, uh, but you do earn crown and anchor points and... Uh, Royal Caribbean basically takes care of you the entire way, similar to what it's like on a cruise ship. But, you know, there's obviously much more than that. And that's why I wanted Rebecca to come talk to us about this, because um, this is, sounds like a really cool option. And which land tour did you end up uh, picking, Rebecca?
1: So we did the four night. I don't remember the actual name of it, sure. but uh, it was basically you spent two nights in Denali and then two nights um, in Fairbanks.
0: Okay, great. And why did you, first of all, let me, let's start, take a step back here. Uh, You've done an Alaska cruise before, yes?
1: Yeah, we did Alaska in 2019. We were on the ovation and we went out of Seattle. So we did the one that you've done, seven days, start and end in Seattle. And we enjoyed it so much that we decided we wanted to try, A, a different type of cruise. Mm -hmm i.e. the one way where we started in vancouver and went up to we got off the boat in seward and then we really wanted to see more of alaska and that's where we decided to do the land tour piece and we we picked we just picked a four nighter because you can do i think everything from two nights to like six or seven nights but we thought four would be a good a good option at least for our first land tour
0: Sure. Now, what what drew you to the land tour? I mean, you could have obviously just stick with the seven night cruise. You could have also, you know, done a back to back, right? I mean, Radiance, which you picked. You know, you could have done the uh, done the other leg and possibly worked in maybe another, you know, port stop or a different glacier viewing. So, why did you pick a land tour in this scenario?
1: So it was kind of it was really what you said, Matt. It was a lot of the there was so much to the land tour piece that you don't see on the ship. So. Both of our tours stopped in Juneau. Both of our tours stopped in Skagway. Some of the other ports were different between the two that we did, but we wanted to see some new stuff. We really, and I've heard that from other people who have been to Alaska, that you really get a different perspective when you get inland and it really, it was, it was amazing.
0: Cool. So if you don't mind my asking, um, roughly speaking, how much was it to add on the land tour to the cruise component?
1: I don't remember off the top of my head. So we actually booked this cruise in 2018 Okay, wow. before we did the 2019. And obviously, thank you, COVID. We didn't go in 2020 (laughs) when we were supposed to. And then we didn't go in 2021. And I'm not going to lie. Thank you, Royal, for the future cruise credit and the ability to roll things over. I paid this thing off so long ago. Oh, I don't even remember what it cost me. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. So but did-
1: it, it was not. I mean, yes, it was more expensive because we had four more nights, um, but it was not like ridiculously more expensive.
0: And who was going on this uh, cruise?
1: So we had there were there were a total of ten of us. Oh wow! Okay, um, my husband and I, uh, eight or rather six of our really good friends. And then our travel agent, her, her best friend growing up and her husband uh, had always wanted to go to Alaska. And since we were going, she asked if I minded if they tagged along with us. And so I'm like, of course not. So there were a total of 10 of us. Um, Most of us came out of the Baltimore area, but we had a couple coming from Florida. We had a couple coming from Atlanta. So we were kind of spread out, but we all, you know, met, up in vancouver and then left from there
0: so you did uh the land tour after your cruise correct yes. did you yeah, you yeah. think that was a good choice or a bad choice or you would prefer to think, do the other one
1: i think it was the better choice and mm-hmm. uh, now i've not done the southbound so the choices you have are you can either do the land tour for the same tour essentially we do but in the reverse order yep. so in our case we got off the boat in the seward we went up to Denali, the Denali National Park area, spent two days there. And then we took the train up into Fairbanks and spent two days there. The the reverse on the southbound cruise does the exact opposite where you start in Fairbanks. You spend two days in Fairbanks, you come southbound, you spend two days in Denali, and then you they take you to the ship and then you cruise southbound, in this case from Seward to Vancouver. Okay. Um, a couple things, and one's kind of silly, but I, I, I view it as we gained an hour because going from vancouver into the alaskan time zone you roll the clocks back Mm -hmm. going the other way you roll the clocks forwards. you Mm -hmm. lose an hour yep i mean we eventually lost it obviously flying home to the east coast but i'm okay losing it on my (laughs) flight home yeah i didn't necessarily want to lose it going northbound um second of all i will tell you that a friend of ours who was on the cruise with us described Alaska perfectly. And he said that it was majestic and I agree with him a hundred percent. And I think the land tour was even more majestic than the cruise portion. Mm.
0: I believe that because when you're not on land, you're back on the ship. And while the scenery is beautiful, being on in ports on land in alaska it 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 stands out considerably so oh god yes (laughs) i i could totally believe that so i'm gonna ask you some uh, here's some one-on-one stuff because i honestly don't even know the answers to this so uh, how many people were on the land tour roughly do you know have a number
1: so our specific tour now we were only one of i think six or eight different tours that left our ship but our specific tour we had one coach bus and there were Probably about 30 to 40 people. I'd say probably around 40 people. Okay. Total. Total. All of which had come off of the radiance.
0: And is this so, are you basically, is like your bus, your home for the next four nights? Is it like your group, like is basically a four night shore excursion if you want to look at it that way?
1: In a lot of ways, yes. yes. Yeah. So we, we got off the ship on Friday morning and. It, Seward is in, is interesting. It's unlike any disembarkation process I've ever done. I'd be intrigued to see the embarkation process, because we literally walked off the ship, walked across the parking lot and got on our bus.
0: Hmm. That's it was easy. odd. Yeah.
1: yeah, no building. I mean, there was a building there but they didn't usually utilize it for those of us getting off the ship. The people who's like our luggage. So we put our luggage out the night before and it got transferred to our bus. We never touched it again Ooh. until we got off the, the bus in Denali Friday evening.
0: Nice. So uh, you, do you have like a, is there a tour guide that's with you the entire time? Like one person?
1: Yep. Yep. We had, we had one particular tour guide assigned to our tour and he, he, he's done other, he does other tours. So understand that the tours are i'll say sourced by royal through a third party so they partner with a third party to do it so he though he does and has been doing royal tours our particular tour guide did not always do like this same four-day tour he would he would do different of those two three all the way up to seven nights throughout the course of the summer he will do different tours but for the course of our land tour he was our tour guide and our driver was the same so we were the same bus the same tour guide and the same driver for the four days that we were on land
0: nice how does food and drink work
1: so that's the um that's the thing everybody needs to be aware of Hmm. food and drink unless specifically called out is not included um so you are on your own for the time you are in on on the bland tour and i will tell you there are certain especially in the current climate of you know people having trouble finding people to work and things like that there were a couple times where options were pickings were slim
0: yeah huh okay so you're um so you get on the bus and yep. uh your head what's what's your first stop
1: so our first stop it's about a two two and a half hour ride to anchorage okay so we went from seward to Anchorage, and and understand that not every single tour puts you on a bus for two and a half hours right away. Some, you take a train from Seward to wherever you're going next. It it varies tour by tour and Royal Caribbean has a website and I think it's called alaskacruisetours.com. I think that's what it is, but I'm not hundred percent certain, but it walks you through each of the tours where it stops and it gives you the number of legs of the tour that are on the train Vers- and then everything that's not on the train is on the bus. So understand that you know some some tours have two or three train legs. We had one later on, but our first leg was we got off the ship, we all gathered on the bus, and then you know we d- we did a quick intro with our gu- our driver and our guide, and then we headed up to Anchorage. Like I said, it's about a two two and a half hour ride. Um, that that section, you we did not stop. But our tour guide was great because he he gives you a lot of information about what you're passing, what you're seeing. We came around Turnagain Arm and he explained that area, why it was named, you know, all throughout that time, he was telling us the things we were passing.
0: Sure. And and he's so they're taking you to these places, food, and drink, not included, but your accommodations yep. overnight are included.
1: Correct. Correct. All your hotel rooms are, are and basically you're helping pay for the tour guide and some pre-planned excursions hmm. and then also your room for each of the nights, however many nights you are on land.
0: Now, does the in, in your case, you were there with you and your husband, right? I mean, you had other yes. friends, but I mean, that was your yeah. traveling party. Yeah. Um, I mean, are there different options for accommodations? Like, you know, if you wanted a mm. a, a suite or a small room, a, you know what I mean? you you know? not
1: really no okay. so all the rooms were basically the same so he i think our our tour guide explained it really really well in that alaska is alaska is not known for its five star resorts <laughs> it's known for its five star scenery sure so you have to understand you're not going into you know, a super high end, you're not walking into the Waldorf Astoria, right? You're walking into a a resort or a lodge as they generally call them. Um, most of them would have two beds in a room, even though, so even though it was only my husband and I, we had, you know, two queen beds in the room. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a room that you can sleep in, but like I said, don't think you're walking into the the highest and you're walking into a three star, not a five star, <laughs> Sure, but you're paying for the five star views. A hundred percent.
0: Okay. I mean, that, that, that's fair. I'm, I'm just always thinking about, you know, I guess it, it was a situation with my kids, right? What I, I don't want to, I hate yeah. sleeping in the same room as them. So, but well, if I booked... would be doing that on this one, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> unless, I'll... unless, so this is what I understand. Now I don't, we like, so we all, we were all in pairs. We had a couple of singles with us, but. So if there are two of you in one room on the ship, there are two of you in one room on the land tour. If like you and your wife are in a room and the kids are in a room on the ship, I believe you get two rooms on the land tour.
0: That would make sense. So
1: it's it's comparable to what you book. So if, if you stick four people in a room on the ship, you're sticking four people in a room on the land tour portion.
0: Sure. Talk to us about, you mentioned the fact that some of the shore excursions are included. If you want to call it that, what, what tours were included? Uh, Talk to us about what was included with those tours in in part of your land tour.
1: Yep. So on, on our tour, we really had, I'll call it two included uh, excursions. The first one, and uh, unfortunately my, I'll, I'll explain this in a little bit. My husband and I opted to not do this one. Um, because it's your choice. It is totally your choice what you do and do not participate in. But the first one, like I said, we went into Denali. We got there and the, uh, after, so we went from Anchorage to Denali. And that's about a five, five and a half hour ride on the bus. It's long. So we get there, we had the evening. And then the next day, in our case, uh, around, I think they left around 1 p.m. Um, there is a bus and think of it like literally like a school bus, Mm -hmm. but it takes you into Denali National Park. So you drive into the park, you have a naturalist who knows the area, who knows the animals, who can speak to it and you go further in. So if you're in a private vehicle going into Denali National Park, you can, there's only a certain distance you can go. There's a stopping point with park rangers where if you're not on, you either don't have a official denali park pass or you are not on a denali park bus you cannot go any further the buses go all the way in, and when i say all the way in, i want to say they said it was like i can't remember the distance i want to say it was like 30 miles or something Mm -hmm. in versus like we would go 15 kind of thing if we were in a personal vehicle um so that was a five-hour tour And they don't think you're on the bus the whole time. In neither case, even when we were coming up on the tour bus, they'd stop. They let you get off. You know, you take pictures. But and so you go but you go into the park and you get to tour it and look. You know, they show you they see animals. They point things out. And then they came back to the resort. The second one that they did was when we were in Fairbanks. Um, We did it was a paddle wheeler on the um, the Chino River. And you, you board the paddle boat, and it takes you down, and they take you, they do, one of the guys that they've partnered with um, lands a seaplane on the river, so you get to watch him land and take off. Then they take you down further, and there's a dog sledding camp there. You stay on the boat for this piece, but, you know, they they talk to you about it. They They pipe all of the audio from both the pilot and the dog camp onto the boat so you can hear it. They talk about what the you know how they run the dogs in that scenario. Then they take you down to where the Chena River meets. There's another river that it meet that it meets, and I can't remember the name of it. And then they turn you around the paddle wheeler and they start to bring you back. And they stop you at a a Klingit camp. So it's a, it's a you know one that they have put together. But they talk to you about how they live and how they fish, and because the Clingits are. A, a, Native American people to Alaska. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really interesting. And then they take you back and you get off. It's about a, probably about a two, two and a half hour paddle wheeler ride, but it's beautiful. And you'd you learn a lot. Hmm. How much, Um,
0: you know, I, I know it depends if you have an excursion on a given day, yeah. but roughly speaking, how much time do you have uh, to yourself as it were not, not counting like, you know, sleeping hours, but like, you know, for, for on your own, like exploration, right. I mean, are you trying, I'm trying to figure, basically give people an idea of like how much time you're on the bus versus how much time you're like walking around and doing stuff.
1: Yep. So I'll, I'll I'll walk you through our days. So like I said, we got off the ship. I think we were off the ship by seven or 8. Um, we had about a two and a half hour ride up to Anchorage. We had about an hour and 15 minutes in Anchorage, where we got some, we grabbed some an early lunch. We got to walk around a little bit. We had to be back on the bus, and then from there, we did the five hour ride up to Denali. Now, on the way up, they did let us stop a couple times. We stopped at a um, local grocery store so we could grab some snacks and things that we wanted for the bus. We also stopped at um, a, a location that has a great view of of Denali, some people know as Mount McKinley, but it's now called denali Mm -hmm. um and and in fairness we had amazing weather we actually are uh, in the rare group that got to see the top of denali they say only about 30 percent of tourists that come to alaska see the top and we got to see it the entire time we were up there wow um but so we got up it was probably about 6 p.m ish when we got into our lodge and we had the evening to ourselves and so you know, we grabbed some dinner. We hung out. They have a bar, you know. We but we were all. It's amazing how exhausting sitting on a bus is. <laughs> so, and plus, we all knew we had things we wanted to do the next day. Sure. So we 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 weren't up super super late. We weren't up. You know, we didn't go to bed at eight p.m. But we you know, we weren't up till two in the morning either. Sure. Um, the next morning, the, everybody had the morning to themselves. Now, the one thing to understand about that is they do offer other tours that you can pay additional money for. Um, so there are people who did a actual plane flight that went up and landed on the glacier. There are people who did a dog sledding tour from there. You know, they, so they have a handful of different types of tours you, that they offer for an additional price along with the ones that they include. So basically we had that evening, we had the next morning, then most of our group went out and did the five hour bus tour into the park Uh, My husband and I decided rather than doing that, we took the day and we rented a Jeep and we went off on our own and drove around and found some really cool places to check out. Uh, Then that evening, we all came back and we had the whole evening from again about 6 p.m. on to ourselves. Uh, The next morning, we were getting we had most of the morning to ourselves again um, they took us back up. We had lunch. There's a little restaurant in the park at Denali and the visitor center. So they took us up there. We wandered around for a little while. And then there's an area not far from the entrance to Denali uh, called, they call it Glitter Gulch. It's a, there's some shops, there's some restaurants, there's things like that. So we, we spent some time there and then about, f- I guess it was about four, 4 p.m. 3 34 p.m. was when we boarded our train, our portion of the train. And our train trip went from Denali to Fairbanks. So that was probably about three and a half hours. I think we got right around 7:30, 8 o'clock. We got into Fairbanks and got off the train. Um, they provided us dinner on the train. You extra cost, mind you, but dinner's available, drinks are available, the scenery is phenomenal. And then they took us, we loaded back up on the same bus with the same driver. And he took us to our lodge where we had the rest of the evening to ourselves. Next morning we had to be up, um, do the paddle wheeler. And I think we had to be up and out by like 9am, which isn't too bad. Yeah. And then after the paddle wheeler, everybody had the day to themselves after that. And then we spent the night in the final day it was the day you, at some point during that day, you generally flew out.
0: Okay. The, I'm going to go back to the hotels for a second. Uh, I forgot to ask, you know, you mentioned they're not five star, which I understand. So are you staying at like a holiday inn or are you staying at like, you know, mom and pop's cabin in the woods kind of thing?
1: So it's kind of in between. It's not a national chain, but we stayed at a place called Denali Park Village. That was the name of the one that, and, and it's not just Royal that other cruise lines have partnerships with the with the um tour company and with these hotels yeah but think of it kind of like each so there was a main lodge building with a restaurant and a little coffee shop and a bar and you know some seating areas and things like that and then all of the rooms were in essentially outbuildings and there were probably twenty rooms in a two-story building oh, yeah. and there were i'd eight or ten of those buildings.
0: So, yeah, no, this. I, I googled it once you mentioned the name. This looks very nice. This yeah. is not, you know, some it, I know
1: it's, it's not a hole in the wall by any means. Yeah. But again, it's not, you know, there, you're not getting caviar and champagne delivered to your hotel room either.
0: No, we used to joke when we dro- <laughs> when we would drive to like Florida as kids, um, some of those motels that you would see on the side of the road that we call them axe murder hotels because yes. that's what it looks like it would happen to you if you stayed there. But no, th- I mean, this place looks wonderful. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it yeah. very, very pretty. Um, and,
1: God. And then in Fairbanks, we stayed at a place, Pi- place, excuse me, called Pike's Landing. It's a very, very famous. It's one of the places they have started the Iditarod. The the people participating in the Iditarod yep. have um, stayed there. So oh, that was very nice. Yeah, no, this is
0: I, I I think any concern that you might have that you'd be like, oh, you know.
1: No, it's <laughs> yeah. not, it was not sketchy by and no axe murderers that I saw. <laughs> on this
0: That's good to know. <laughs> Always a plus. So uh, I'm gonna. This is this is amazing, Rebecca. I'm gonna ask you the question that I've, I I kind of started thinking about. Sounds great. Um, certainly, some if not all of this you could have easily done on your own. Um, yeah. So my question to you is, uh, you know, what's the to you what really makes this uh, a, a a perk or not a perk a compelling reason to book a land tour with Royal Caribbean as opposed to doing a cruise and then. Perhaps driving yourself, renting a car, and driving yourself around
1: inner Alaska. Yeah. um, I think the biggest thing is I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm. I didn't know. I don't know that I would have known what to do or what not to do or where to stay. Sure. Because, you know, let's once, especially once you get up into the Denali Park area, um, there's a handful of these smaller lodges of different, you know, levels and different types. And I don't know that. I mean, yes, you can do the research and you can figure it out and you can do it yourself. But there was a lot of things that were nice that it was just already set. It was done for you. We probably never would have done the paddle wheeler piece because we wouldn't have known to do it when we got into Fairbanks. So that was that was nice, Um, you know, and so but it's a nice combination, too, of structured and not structured activities. And 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 the fact that they give you the flexibility that if you don't want to participate, and I say this because like my husband does not do well on buses. Hmm. Um, it was the, 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 ride from Anchorage to Denali from him for him was rough. And when he was told that the next day was going to be on more of a school bus style going into the park, he looked at me, he goes, I am not going to do well if I have to do that again. Yeah. So, but they gave us the option. We just let our tour guide know. We said, Hey, we are not going to participate in this. We're thinking we're going to go rent a Jeep and drive around for the day. And that's what we did. And, we still had a great time. Good. So the, the flexibility is great. But like I said, the not knowing what I don't, having never done it before, I don't know that I would have done as good of a job. Yeah. You know, now that I've been there and done this, would I feel comfortable doing a little more research, which I frequently like, I don't always book my excursions through Royal per se, but that's one day for, you know, four to eight hours. It's not four days of having to figure all that out.
0: Right. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Rebecca, this is great. Uh, this is a very, very good, I think, intro uh, 101 to yeah. uh, the the Alaska cruise source. Thank you so much for for sharing this with us.
1: Oh, no problem. I'm I'm always willing to talk cruising and talk Alaska.
0: All friends, time to answer your listener email, starting with an email from Maria Wilbur. I listen to your podcast. My cruising date is December this year. We purchased the travel protection plan through Royal Caribbean prepaid gratuities. Is this something you would recommend? I always prepaid gratuities, uh, Maria, so I definitely recommend that. I think it's just easier. That's the only reason I do it. Um, As to the travel protection plan through Royal Caribbean, here's what I'd say. Travel insurance is a really good idea, uh, but with any travel insurance, they're not all the same. So my recommendation is don't just buy travel insurance be like, hey, uh, good job. We're all protected now. Um, the reason policies differ. So the question really is, what do you want travel insurance to cover? Like what scenarios? And just make sure that one that you booked the Royal Caribbean covers those scenarios. Don't assume that because you have travel insurance, you're basically covered in all situations. The most common area where travel insurance does not cover it is a scenario in which you want to cancel, but nothing is stopping you from going on the cruise. Like... You know, you're, you're sitting at home, you're about three or four days out from your cruise, and there's a hurricane in the Caribbean. Your cruise is still going. Nothing's been changed and, you know, and all that. But people say, oh, I don't want to go on a cruise anymore. So I'm using travel insurance because, you know, it covers hurricanes. No, it covers hurricanes if the hurricane stopped your cruise from going or, you know, cancel all your flights as a result of you not being able to get there. But you deciding not to go, who wouldn't? So scenarios like that kind of thing is what you want to consider. But I think in general, let me put it this way. I think you're better off with travel insurance than not. So let's put it there. I don't think you made a mistake there. I just want to make sure you have the right policy for you. Bill Carty from South Jersey has our next question for us. Uh, I just want to say thank you first for keeping myself and many others sane during the shutdown. I went back and listened to every single podcast since I couldn't go on a cruise. Listening to the podcast helped me focus on what is important, which is cruising, of course. Second, thank you for recommending MEI travel. I had to cancel my cruise that was booked in June of 2022 my wife and I were looking to rebook the trip for September. and I reached out to MEI Travel to book our new trip. The amount of money that Grace from MEI Travel saved us is insane. She was extremely helpful and was able to cut the price of the sailing in half from what another travel agent quoted us. Our new sailing is September 25th on Allure of the Seas. It's a six-night cruise in Port Everglades, stopping in Roatan, Costa Maya, and Cozumel. Haven't made any plans yet, so if you have any recommendations of what to do, that'd be great. And if you're looking for another cruise review guest after the trip, I'd love to come on and chat. Bill, thanks for the email. I'd love to bring you on, but I'll actually be on that cruise as well. So I'll be doing my own review on that one. But looking forward to hopefully seeing you on board. What to do in... First of all, thank you for supporting MEI Travel, our sponsor. They do a great job. Grace is wonderful. I've known her for a number of years now. She does excellent work. So, Roatan, uh, Mayan Princess. is a great all-inclusive. You can book through Royal Caribbean. Costa Maya. Um, I usually recommend Maya Chan. Maya Chan is closed for our cruise, Bill. So instead, what you could do, if you want to come join me for this one, uh, go to um, a place called... Uh, jamie's at blue reef it's all inclusive you have to google it um jamie's at blue reef and then there's the email you can email and there's availability to let you in there another all inclusive see a trend developing cozumel if you're sick of all inclusives then definitely don't go to uh nachi coco that's a great place but if something different i like going downtown um there's great shopping and dining downtown so take a taxi to san miguel do that you could do mayan ruins Um, There's a lot of things to do in Cozumel. I mean, there's a plethora of good excursions or just things you can do on your own in in Cozumel. I typically end up at the beach also. I mean, listen, it's going to be September. It's going to be a bazillion degrees and a thousand percent humidity. I'm going to want to go to the beach. So if you want something a little easier, maybe this is what I would do actually, Bill. Go to um, go downtown, you know, walk around in the morning, do some shopping, eat, and then take a taxi over to uh, Paradise Beach, and I would go there. That would be a good option for you. Thank you, Bill, for the email. Our next email is coming to us from Heather. At one point during a QA and a video, I thought I heard you mention that kids are able to be matched to their parents' crown and anchor status, and likewise spouses can be matched. Is this true? It is. I'm wondering if I will encounter an issue since I'm now over the age of 18. Ah. I understand that any cruise points that ap- that my parents earned after I became an adult probably will not count to be- and apply to me being 18. Um, I understand the ignorance is no excuse, but I figured I would check to see if you had any thoughts on tips. So, yes, this is a good question, actually. The answer is, obviously, any cruises you went on, Heather, you've gone on ever, those are always your points, right? I'm not sure how this would work if you never set up a Crown and Anchor account, uh, but your parents obviously have status, and now you're trying to get it after the fact. I'm not sure how that, I don't know that that would work. Because obviously, like, my kids as an example, Heather, my kids are Diamond Plus. They don't have enough points on their own to be Diamond Plus, but they're Diamond Plus because they live in my household and they inherit their status from us, so they'll have that for the rest of their lives, even if they never take another Royal Caribbean cruise. Um, so I'm not sure if you if you took a cruise before this and or if you have an account already. Um, if you were under 18, then the answer is yes, it would be very easy to do so, and that we in fact, it's pretty much automatic, but I'm not sure if you already have an account or not. Um, This would be a call over to Crown and Anchor Society. Would Probably be your next step, Heather. So just Google Royal Caribbean uh, Crown and Anchor Society. There's a a phone number. So Royal Caribbean Crown and Anchor Society phone number. There's an 800 number you can call and uh, they can probably sort that out for you. But again, it depends on the status of everything leading up to this point because there's some backstory here that I'm not quite clear on. Next up is an email from April Davenport. Our friends recently booked to join us on Symphony of the Seas next March, but un- unintentionally selected traditional dining. Will they be able to call and get it switched to my time so we can add them to our existing reservation? Sub- subject to availability, the answer is yes, April. Um, but yeah, oh, but by the way, um, you should probably have your friends use the travel agent a lot easier to have your travel agent. I just text mine. Okay, like, hey, you need to change this. Boom, done. You know, so something else to keep in mind. Uh, next email is from, who was our next email from? Uh, sorry. Lots of clicking. Oops. Okay, now we got it. It's from, uh, Mary. First and foremost, thank you. You don't know me, but my partner and I binged your videos prior to our first ever cruise on Independence of the Seas. Number two, uh, I did want to mention a helpful tip to other cr- new cruisers is how hard it can be to access water. We had the drink package that didn't include alcohol, and even so, water was a challenge. We had to go to Sorrento's, Cafe Promenade, or Windjammer for basic water. The only one of those is open 24 hours a day. Even just trying to run up to the bar and a pool deck, we would use our drink package to get bottles and freestyles weren't equipped to offer plain water. Number three, drink packages are not created equal at Coco Key. I live in a sober house, and the non-alcoholic drink package was useless on the island, but they had plenty of water. Anyway, I do want to thank you and your blog for helping us with our first cruise. I don't think we would have been successful if not for you. Thanks for the email. So I'm interested with a couple of things here. You mentioned that, you know, obviously you, you, you don't drink alcohol, so You have the uh, real refreshing package. You say it's useless on the island. I mean, you can get Coke at any bar on the island. You know, they can always provide that to you. So I'm not sure if you're looking for a dispenser or a machine, but which probably I don't think they exist on the island, but you can always get a Coke um, with your drink package from, uh, you know, any bar. Um, just walk up there or swim up there depending on which one you're on, and they can absolutely get that for you. In terms of the uh, water issue, Uh um, for a couple things. Number one, the tap water actually is very drinkable. It's probably much cleaner than any tap water you get. It's like super uh, clean. Just the right word. It's super um, sanitized. Um, It's probably the cleanest water you're ever going to drink. So there's that. But I'm with you. I like, I don't, you know, I'd prefer to get water from another source. Certainly, um, you know, stockpiling bottles of water is one of the strategies that I use with the drink package, you know, we'll... When we leave a bar, regardless if we had drinks or not, I'll ask for an extra bottle of water to bring back to the room. Um, obviously, if you have a drink package, you would always get a bottle of water from you know any of the places. Like, Again, I don't know if you had the Royal Refreshment Package or the Soda Package. It sounds like you had the non-alcoholic drink package. I'm assuming you had the refreshment Package. There's something else to keep in mind that you're not beholden to the uh, soda machine. So there's something else just to think about there. Uh, next email is from somebody who didn't put their name in there. Uh, hi Matt, love the blog, podcast, and YouTube channel This September 2022, my girlfriend and I are going on Navigator this season On a five-night overnight Cabo cruise leaving Los Angeles And Michelle from MEI Travels is helping us out She's great, by the way My question is, we're flying across the country from Rhode Island Any suggestions on hotels and suggestions on traveling from hotel to pier Although I've cruised many times, this is my first uh, for my girlfriend And I have always sailed out of Tampa and Orlando Selling out of LA will be a new experience, thanks for all you do Good question, so a couple things um, I'll start with the easy one how to get from hotel to port, Lyft or Uber, super easy. I did this the last time we were there in December. Where you want to stay? There's a couple of different. I mean, Los Angeles is a big city. You can stay at the airport if you're just coming in the night before. You're not doing anything special. Find a hotel by the airport. There's a number of them. I would just get, you know, I go, what I do um, in a place. I would look for, you know, four stars or higher, and then find the best price you can find and, and go from there. Um, so There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people maybe go to Disneyland and want to stay there before the cruise. So then you're going to want a, a hotel in Anaheim. Ideally, you want one uh, that's walkable to, uh, to Disneyland because it's very easy to do that. There's a number of hotels that are uh, right there um, in, the, in the vicinity. Others are a little further away and so they may have a shuttle or you take a taxi or something like that. You know, renting a car can be very expensive because not just the car, but I mean the parking in Disneyland, but people stay near Disneyland. That's a whole other component altogether. And then another option on top of all that is staying in San Pedro, which is the area where the cruise ships are located. I would advocate if you are staying, if you're just coming in the night before, I would rather stay near the Los Angeles airport. And then just take a a Lyft or Uber the next day. I don't know there's that much of an advantage thing in San Pedro. There's more to do near the airport. Um, Not the most interesting area of Los Angeles, but there's that. And then, of course, there's a whole... I mean, you really go to town with you, go stay in different parts of Los Angeles and um, Southern California, right? There's a number of different areas. But I think you want to stay... The good thing about either near the airport or Disneyland is you're still in that greater Los Angeles bubble, so it's easier enough to get to San Pedro, which is about a oh, I don't know, half an hour um, ride away or so. Um, but again, you could stay in San Pedro if you wanted to, but I think you're totally fine. You probably save some money by staying somewhere else like in Anaheim or Los Angeles. So, um, but have a great time. It's, it's, it's beautiful out there and a great sailway. So enjoy that. And our last question today is from Rebecca. Hi, Matt, love the podcast. Huge fan of all things Royal Caribbean. I'm a relatively new cruiser. I've only been on three cruises out of Bayonne I'm from New Jersey. So this has been super convenient. We're planning a cruise to Alaska next summer. My question is, in your experience, what are the best deals promotions on the Royal Cream website that you've seen? We know that itinerary, we know the itinerary we want, but I'm afraid to make the plunge in booking because I'm afraid the next promo will be better at discount. Is there more value to get a discount overall increase fare or to get onboard credits? So it's a great question, Rebecca. And the answer is your, your question doesn't matter. Wait, Matt, that's really mean. <laughs> no, what I mean by this is it doesn't matter because you can always get a better deal if a better deal comes out there. So here's what you want to do, Rebecca. Step one. You want to find a really good travel agent. Now you heard already two different people on this, uh, segment not playing this way. It just happened who use MEI travel, which is our sponsor travel agency. You can use, you know, there's many of them that are out there, but for what it's worth a good travel agent, like MEI travel can help you out there. And what I mean by this is that way, if there is a new deal, a better deal, you book today, tomorrow, next week, next month, sometime between now and your Alaska cruise next summer, there is a better deal up until your final payment date. You can always rebook at the new price and take advantage of it. So if you book now, Rebecca. There's no reason you can't reprice it um, leading up to your cruise if there's a better deal. So, you know, your your concern that there might be a better deal tomorrow or sometime between now and final payment date. It's irrelevant. You can always take advantage of the better deal. So definitely do that. That's going to be your best uh, strategy going forward. Hopefully that makes sense. Rebecca, thank you for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast. If you want to send me your emails, you can always do so by sending them to matt at royalcribianblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcribianblog.com. So until
1: next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again real soon.